Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devaraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. In today's episode, I'm sharing the recording of an online interview that I did on Panchakarma. The topics that will be discussed in this interview are what is panchakarma and what are the benefits of panchakarma and who can do it who cannot do it and if there are some therapies in panchakarma that i am not comfortable with is it still mandatory that i have to go through that or are there any alternatives and do we have to do all the procedures of panchakarma all these questions are answered and also this is not just about panchakarma it also talks about how to understand about immunity stress and how our body recovers and why we have to do such time out from our daily life and go to a retreat to do panchakarma or procedures that are involved in preparation of panchakarma and how this can transform and i'm also sharing the story of my own panchakarma experience which changed my life and also my own health and why i started sitaram beach retreat hope you enjoy this podcast and please do subscribe and share if you like doctor the first almost question i have for you is uh what is the reason for sitaram beach retreat so the story behind sitaram beach retreat is my own uh, story with panchakarma mm-hmm. okay as you read my uh, bio you saw that i am a fourth generation which means you know i was born in a family where ayurveda was practiced and so i didn't have a choice i was forced into it so, okay the fact that you're forced into it you didn't have the choice to think okay is it good or do i have a but the on the other hand i didn't know what i wanted to do on the other hand mm-hmm. but my childhood whenever i felt sick they used to give me kashayams and do treatments which i did not like very much so okay. that was uh, so i was not a big fan of ayurveda even though i spent a lot of time in pharmacy in the medicine plant gardens but they didn't taste good and the treatments didn't do well for me but i had a very not so good association with the ayurvedic therapies during my childhood <laughs> okay. okay so on the other hand i had a sweet tooth i love sugar and lot of sweets so a time okay. came when i started putting on lot of weight and severe allergy hit me so okay. my father you know being an ayurvedic doctor he told me you have to become an ayurvedic doctor and if you are sick like this no one is going to come to you you, you are a very bad role model to be a doctor if you have such a health and then okay Uh, he gave me the usual kashayams which i don't like but the end it happened that my allergies went to such a great extent that i had to do a panchakarma okay so even while doing that panchakarma i didn't enjoy it that much because i was put under four walls and you just all only entertainment you had was a television this hospital where i did was mm-hmm. right in the city and but okay the good news was after i did this panchakarma my whole energy shift was just okay phenomenal. then i could okay. finally start breathing before you know when i go to sleep i used to have blocked nose and i have to put some deep condition now i sleep i breathe now my thinking is better my whole energy shifted then okay. uh, i told my father uh, i wish to do this every year to maintain my health but at the same time i realized mm-hmm. i have been going back to my old habits also Mm-hmm. after this panchakarma i got better but at the same time i was started to i started getting back to my old binge eating especially sugar 
mm. at it uh, mm-hmm. habits then a time came i have to do, redo it again so then i said i wish to do it in some other place where my father is no longer where i'll have my freedom to do it on my own but when i was <laughs> okay. looking when i was looking for that place i saw i wanted to do it in a place where there is nature and where there is calmness okay so whenever i saw a place where there is nature it was basically resorts where they did good ayurveda but it was it doesn't have the intensive healing of a doctor run clinic okay see when you go to a doctor run clinic there is mm-hmm. a completely different energy there you know the doctor is taking complete responsibility right it right. is not by some hotel run management okay then we have a ayurveda department and then you run it so this right. is where i saw where there is nature because they are already in the business of resort right. so they were able to do that so i realized uh, a real hospital which has a blend of nature mm-hmm. and the elements of nature's healing power was completely missing mm-hmm. so then i realized it's time i start one and i also noticed that my habits of going back to my unhealthy habits so we need a system where people can come and learn how okay. to be healthy you know and ayurveda okay. is all about habits right See, the, the right. first chapter in ashtanga hridayam Mm-hmm. i mean ashtanga hridayam is one of the textbooks the first chapter is actually the mm-hmm. introduction soon after the introduction the first chapter is about dinacharya which is all about habits that will keep you healthy and vital and okay. help you live long mm-hmm. so then i realized we need a place where we create this sanctuary where the moment people come see habits has a lot to do with your environment absolutely see, and yeah. there is a there is also a study if you are spending time with an obese person there is 57% higher chances that you will also become obese and yeah or whoever yeah. is higher you know like the uh, pendulum technique huge's pendulum technique when two things go through they go match same way so we wanted to create a place where their distractions are much less mm-hmm. where they are able to connect with their inner self where they are connected with nature right. and along with that parallelly when you do that panchakarma mm-hmm. a transformation happens in such a way that you know they feel no i i don't want to go back to my unhealthy habits i'm so healthy and right. i learned how to you know bulletproof myself into getting back to unhealthy habits fantastic so that is my uh, vision behind starting sitaram beach retreat okay i mean that's a very inspiring i sorry i i never expected that response from you so uh, mm-hmm. you spoke about panchakarma before going yeah. to panchakarma i have this question mm-hmm. if you have to explain ayurveda to a common man and especially in indian the reason why i am asking this question is it, it appears to me that the foreigners seem to be knowing more about our traditional wellness ayurveda than the indians so normally when i tell ayurveda people think it is just taking a tablet and putting in the mouth mm-hmm. right yes and how do you explain this beyond a tablet what is ayurveda i would like to answer two questions there one question you ask is why are westerners more interested in ayurveda than indians even though yeah, it right. you know it the birthplace is in india yeah yeah um, but before that ayurveda is a science of living young for as long as possible and okay. not just living young living young and healthy and having vitality see the, okay. in the beginning of ayurveda it is mentioned no matter what you have in your life be it fame mm-hmm. be it money be it friends be it family but if you don't have health it's all good for nothing okay but even if you don't have any of these but if you have health you can gain it all back right so health is the foundation of a beautiful life so without mm-hmm. health there is nothing that works right 
So that is what Ayurveda is. It's a manual of how to live young and healthy for as long as possible. Fantastic. Now people say, okay, I want to live long, but there is no point in living long if you, there is no health. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now the, the other question, why uh, Westerners are more interested, it's not that Westerners are more interested, even Indians are more interested in Ayurveda, but there is a notion that Westerners are more committed to Ayurveda than Indians. The, one of the main reasons right. is, if you look at the Indian history before the British invasion, you know, we mm -hmm. were one of the highest uh, GDPs in the world. Right. 200, cent, I mean, 200, not centuries, 200 years ago. And when British left, our poverty was one of the highest in the world. Right. And Ayurveda's ability to cater a poverty society is much less. There, modern medicine is a fantastic magic. Oh. The word okay. has to be okay. magic because when people mm. are under poverty, they have a lot of infectious diseases. They have lots mm -hmm. of other uh, emergency medicine matters. Mm. So mm. when it comes to this emergency medicine, modern medicine is God because somebody is going to die. So at that time, it's only modern medicine that can come and give it there. Mm -hmm. But when it comes, and on the other hand, modern medicine has 80% of the diseases that are mentioned in modern medicine are idiopathic in nature. When you call idiopathic, it means they don't know what are the causes of this disease. So when you say, when you don't have a cause for a disease, you cannot really treat it. You know, it's, it's as good as playing Russian roulette. Mm -hmm. Yes. You don't know. Yes, yes. Uh, it's like going to a casino. If it right. wins, it wins. Otherwise, you right. just get right. symptomatic right. relief right. Yeah. and yeah. you get rid of that. And the difference between Western medicine and Ayurveda is see, mm -hmm. Ayurveda, see, Western medicine is an answer to humanity's question. Mm. How can I add more years to my life? Because people were dying and I don't want people to die. So I want to invent something so that we can save people from dying. And right. that is where Western medicine came. Right. And Ayurveda is an answer to humanity's question. How can I add more life to my years? Mm. There's mm. no point in just living like that. You need to have more energy and vitality. Mm. See, you have a great mattress, but if you are not able to fall asleep, it's good for nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a great chef. People are giving you food, but if you don't have the appetite, again, it's good for nothing. Right. Absolutely, doctor. So yeah. uh, there is no point in just living. Along with good living, you need to have good health also. So that is where Ayurveda came. And if you look at the uh, methodology of treatments mentioned in Ayurveda, it talks mm -hmm. a lot about diseases of uh, people where food was abundant. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. when Ayurveda was written, at that point of time, lots of people were having diseases. See, in Ayurveda, it is common sense. Every okay. disease that you take, the human beings are suffering from, you can classify it into two types. The disease of undernourishment or okay. overnourishment. Okay. Or, or okay. overconsumption, not the nourishment, overconsumption. So diseases of overconsumption, modern medicine is a big failure there. Mm -hmm. And I have to put it explicitly, it's a real failure. They don't have a treatment for diabetes. They don't have a treatment for blood pressure. All they give is just symptomatic relief. But when somebody is having a heart attack, you give it to a cardiologist within minutes, the life comes back. So when it comes to diseases of overconsumption, okay. Ayurveda had fantastic therapies because Ayurveda was written at a time and many people were suffering from diseases of overconsumption because the quality wow. of life at that time was fantastic. You know, the food supply was fantastic. Otherwise, they wouldn't be writing about uh, therapies like Panchakarma. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Ayurveda, it talks about how to eliminate when you have so much of diseases because of overconsumption, unhealthy habits, mm -hmm. in all lifestyle disorders. That is why right. 
Ayurveda will only get more and more relevant in the future. It is not like wow. before, it's an ancient science. It's only going to get more and more relevant. Right. So that is in a nutshell to... Wow, that, that's, a, that's a very <laughs> brilliant response. I, I, I never knew about this. I mean... Under, un, I mean, over over consumption and undernourished, and that's a that's a very I think it's an important learning for me. Now that we have spoken about Ayurveda, can we just talk to us more about what is Panchakarma and how is it relevant to today's health issues? Okay. Now, before I mentioned about uh, diseases of uh, under uh, nourishment. Undernourished. Yeah. Yeah. Now let us understand what are the diseases of undernourishment. Okay, okay, let's say your dehydration is a undernourishment or okay. you are having some vitamin deficiency, that's undernourishment or you're having hypo hypoglycemia, sugar levels are low. So, or you're having low iron, uh, iron levels are low. These are typical diseases of undernourishment mm -hmm. or suddenly there is an electrolyte imbalance. That person is you know, losing or there is a hemorrhage, what blood is losing out. So they are not able to have... Uh, enough requirements to survival. So when you take diseases of overnourishment, like, you know, you're overweight, you're having diabetes, your uric acid levels are high, your cholesterol levels are high, your pain is hurting, there's too much of inflammation. So when you take these two categories of disease, the disease of undernourishment is much easier to treat than the disease okay. of overnourishment. Wow. Okay. Let's say you're having deficiency of... Uh, Vitamin D. You know, mm -hmm. you either you go to a place where there is good sun and you get it or you take some vitamin D supplements. Okay. Or let's say your iron is deficient. You take some iron supplements or some worst case scenario, you can have an iron injection as well. You are having electrolyte imbalance. You get some electrolytes inside. But when it comes to you are having overconsumption, there is too much of sugar inside you. There is too much of cholesterol. You cannot just eliminate it just like that. Because Consumption, there is no limit. God did not put a limit in your tongue. You, know, you can mm -hmm. keep on going. But elimination is limited because God had to protect your body. So mm -hmm. there is a limit how much you can eliminate from your body. There is a limit how much you can urinate. There is a limit how much you can poop per day. Yes, oh. there are diseases that comes like diarrhea or you perspire a lot. But that's a different case. In a day, in a person who is considerably healthy, there is a limit how much they can eliminate. But our mm. consumption is infinite today because the food con food industry is so fantastic. Right. Uh, we rarely see people dying of famine or we rarely see mm. anyone, okay, he didn't get food and he died. You know, that is something right. that we did in the history. Right, right. Uh, we don't read anymore. Today we read, okay, somebody died of heart attack. Somebody died of stroke. Somebody mm. died of cancer. Mm -hmm. So uh, the humanity, because of our evolution and our ability to you know, bring more control over agriculture and cattle. The food supply is so abundant today. And the problem is our brain was designed 200,000 years ago. And when mm -hmm. our brain was designed, nature devised our brain in such a way that whenever you get food, you have to eat as much as possible because we never knew when the next food supply was going to come. Okay. So okay. the, the reward point is whenever you eat, the more I eat, I'm going to feel safe because I know that I can live and fight the next animal that is going to come and kill me or I can survive that. Right, right. So in such a situation, on one hand, our brain is still greedy for food or needy for food. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the food supply got more and more because ancient times, if you wanted, you know, there is a uh, anthropologist and a historian, he was claiming that in 10,000 BC, 
the sugar consumption was like 20 teaspoons per day sorry 20 teaspoons per year wow and today it is 22 teaspoons per day wow so you know it's like exponential growth and our physical activity has also come down come down yes so our body was not designed for the today's where and i mean the food industry supply and what has happened is now the industrial boom has happened now they realize they are producing more than what people can consume hmm so we have to find a way that you know they can consume it so we have to find a way see food industry is one of the biggest scams that are happening legally today mm mm and uh, and that is why and because panchakarma is so relevant today because there was a time when food was so abundant and people were suffering with this disease that is why panchakarma was written in ayurveda right otherwise they wouldn't have written that and it was written for people who are uh, it is told that these are problems of rich people Mm-hmm. okay hundreds of years these were problems of rich people but today even a common man is having diabetes because food mm-hmm. supply is fantastic right okay there is a good side to it but the other side is this one right so panchakarma see before understanding panchakarma let's decode the word for human body in ayurveda mm-hmm. in ayurveda the word for human body is called as sharira sharira yes sharira if you take the etymology etymology is like you know understanding how the words are formed and yeah, and sanskrit yeah. is a fantastic language you know you can put many la- it's like l- playing with legos you know you mm-hmm. put few words and the new message is coming so in sanskrit the word sharira literally okay if you look at the english sanskrit dictionary it shows that it is living body or human body or any body right but if you take the etymology it says anything that keeps dying every moment so okay our body is a continuous dying mechanism mm-hmm. so like you know only if you die you are born again or only if something yes. dies something is born again correct. correct but that is more of a spiritual meaning like you know you can never step into the same river twice because the water right. keeps flowing right. right flowing yes but if you take it in a uh, medical terminology medical approach to this definition our body is a constant waste eliminating mechanism Hmm. we are constantly eliminating waste see you right. go on a highway and if you see a factory how do you know if this factory is functioning you see the waste coming out yes yes and see the difference between a living body and a dead body is dead body stops eliminating waste correct the dead body will stop eliminating carbon dioxide the right. dead body will stop pers- perspiring right. yes blood circulation heart rate all of this is there what is the final outlook how a dead body and a living body looks the dead body no. stops producing waste right and waste right. production is a sign of life life if you see a yes. factory and if you see there is waste being produced pollution happening that means that factory is functioning operating yes yes right. so when our waste elimination is reduced or compromised our health is also compromised mm. i mean you might have seen in some movies you know Uh, somebody is going to drive the car and some guy goes and keeps a tennis ball in the exhaust pipe of the car mm-hmm. then finally yes. he then he chokes he cannot yeah. he cannot uh, chokes. start yes. the car at all right complete okay, chokes yes you drive an electric car like tesla but if it's a combustion you put the fuel it burns and the uh, the yeah. carbon monoxide has to come out you know so you right. have to put that uh, once you block that because the flow of energy is blocked yeah so when this flow of energy is blocked then the body starts deteriorating its ability to regenerate mm okay 
so when the, that is when people start aging faster and that is when people start falling sick right so that is why when you go to an good ayurvedic doctor he may forget to ask you what is your name where are you coming from what you do but he will definitely ask you did you go to toilet because that is one of the checklist Spice. of an ayurvedic doctor's questionnaire because it's a right. sign of life so in ancient times ancient rishis because they were very much in connection with nature because ayurveda is a documentation of what we learned from nature yes whatever we learned from nature that was documented right and uh, the difference between ayurveda and western medicine western medicine is so fixed on only that which is replicable in a laboratory situation mm-hmm. i call it scientific right yes there is a lot of truth to that but the best way to understand this is you know one gentleman he was searching for a lost key okay and suddenly one police officer comes and asks him what are you searching for sir and the gentleman said i lost my key i'm searching for my key and the, and the police officer sir asked him are you sure you lost it here and then the gentleman said no i knew i actually lost it few blocks before <laughs> but then uh, but then the uh, police officer asked him then why are you searching it here he said this is the only place where there is light <laughs> so because there is light i'm searching there right so western medicine is limited to what is replicable in the laboratory you know right right and laboratory has its limitation that is only where the light is we are not seeing what it is say our body is not just a physical robotic thing right and if you take our ayurvedic approach of body it has like five sheets like annamaya kosha pranamaya kosha vijnanamaya kosha and there is much more to this right and if you take the origin of western medicine it started with the newtonian theory you know he came up with the three laws and it is all about dynamics you know mm. the every action has an equal and opposite right. like reaction and right. what stays inert will stay inert yeah. and what is continuing the, yeah. so this was completely under the physical layer which we call right. it as annamaya kosha right annamaya right. kosha is the first layer. layer you know yeah yeah whatever i am eating that is becoming my part of my body and that is why so when you are invested only in your annamaya kosha or your food sheet it is only 20% of who you are right and that is why western medicine doesn't have a solution for 80% of the medicine, uh, diseases that are there wow. because they completely got out of that right wow so in ayurveda we have a holistic that is why we call it holistic holistic means everything has to come together it is not right. just one identification right 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 so right it has to be a complex uh, holistic approach only then there is a healing and if you right. see the word heal heal means what it comes from the word hold Mm-hmm. so healing is a way you connect with the holy things everything mm-hmm. so it is not a reductionistic approach there so when you uh, understand panchakarma panchakarma is a lot to do with the physical layer of eliminating all the blocks mm-hmm. and while doing that there is a lot to do with the other layers of your body as well it is a complete ah. transformation so many people i see that they call panchakarma as a detox therapy it's like saying mm-hmm. okay i went to europe through dubai airport and just because i went through i transited through dubai airport doesn't mean i saw the whole of dubai right uh, it's just an airport that i went through and i went through some uh, duty free right. shops and that doesn't right. mean i saw dubai yes dubai yes. is much more than that same right. way panchakarma is not a detox it is a complete you know it is completely a cellular level renewal that is happening in our body mm-hmm. and there are five procedures 
and in order to do these five procedures you need to prepare the body and mind and okay. and it is not necessary that you have to do all the five procedures you know okay. maybe we just do two procedures or three procedures and after doing the procedure there is a recovery you know just like when you go to a exercise or fitness before you do a exercise you have a warm up then you, you do, do the exercise, exercise and, and then, then you have the a warm down yeah. only then otherwise you can get injured you can right. get so this right. panchakarma has five therapies one is you see when you go to a high rise building Uh, mm-hmm. you see that they have a lot of fire sprinklers right and they'll also show exit fire exit mm-hmm. and what is that fire exit in case of emergency you need to know how you can escape and come out of this otherwise what can happen is that so there is an exit points in our body where the poison or something in our body is being to be eliminated right right so panchakarma understands where are these exit points and how to make sure these exit points are working so that we eliminate the toxins from our body mm, 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 mm. so you remember the story i told you about the car and the tennis yeah. ball right right see in ayurveda we have a profound concept called as ama yeah the word ama see what is a poison poison is something that will kill a person right so if you put a poison in a person's body you know he could have various reactions right he could have reactions like vomiting he could have reactions like diarrhea he could have reactions like fatigue he could die but uh, before that you know there could be a lot of reactions that could right happen. his blood pressure can go up he could have stroke he could have heart attack he could have right. kidney failures he, he could go blind right you know he could have paralysis numbness right. he could have depression he could have anxiety and he could have hormonal imbalances right you know there are so many symptoms uh, the the way the body reacts when somebody is having a poison intake right right now tell me a disease which doesn't have a symptom that is similar to a poisonous uh, attack you take any disease a disease is what it's a group of symptoms right you put it together you call name it as a disease like karnataka tamil nadu andhra telangana and uh, all this we call it south india yes same way arthritis is what it is a group of symptoms you know there is inflammation right. there is pain there is stiffness and there right. could be morning stiffness many types of arthritis are there right. according to that you see right. so name a disease which doesn't have a symptom that is similar in a poison i mean you don't have to be a doctor <laughs> i can't name any symptom it's it's common sense because right. Right. any disease that you see that's have symptom as a symptom Com- yeah something similar to a reaction of somebody putting a poison inside right and today we live in one of the most toxic surroundings starting from the food starting from our lifestyle starting from a lot of it and we call this poison as ama mm and the word ama is a beautiful meaning see like sanskrit it has two sounds a and right. ma right see ma means me and the word a means not it's like the Oops. word oh arogya roga means disease yeah arogya a means not so health right. is a state of no disease you know that's right. why arogya right. so anything that i put in my mouth if i'm not able to blend that part as a part of me that becomes a potential toxin if somebody is entering your home and if he is not able to blend with your home and if he is creating problems in your home he is a potential ama in your home right 
if you eat something or inhale something or put something in your body or even in your mind if you are not able to tolerate it or if you are not able to blend it with yourself right. that is a potential right. armor that can potentially right. be dangerous in the long term right and it is not just toxicology that we are talking we also have the concept of slow poison you know? mm-hmm. yes and if you if you are interested in reading food labels you know people are so interested today to understand what are what is in my medicine what is this prescription also please invest your time to understand what is what are, what are the things that is there in the food that you are eating mm-hmm. go and check the label what are these ingredients are they having any side effects when you see what they are doing to your body there are it creates a lot of harm in the long run see mm-hmm. one day two day when you eat it it's okay but right. over a long period your body can fall sick right so panchakarma is a way to eliminate these toxins that we pile up over a long period okay and when you do it regularly we become healthy it's like you know when you drive a car you always service it yeah 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 so every 5000 kilometers you have to service it only right, then right, the right. the longevity of the car is fantastic right 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 of course how you take care of the car is also important yes But yes along yes. with that you know it goes hand in hand you also have to take good care of it and at the same time you also have to run the car yes so panchakarma is about servicing it oh. okay i mean the way that you service your car once in 3 months 6 months one year you just keep servicing your body it's a fantastic yes. metaphor uh, can you talk a little bit more about the panchakarma rituals and the benefits so there are five therapies so there are many preparations before you put a Uh, let's say before you want to wash your plate what do you do you remove all the yeah. leftovers and then you right. wash it. right same way before you do the cleansing you have to prepare the body you know? so it's it has to start with eliminating lot of unhealthy food eliminating lot of unhealthy habits going to sleep on time uh, eating on time because today people don't eat on time they are eating when they want it and binge eating is all happening they might be into alcohol or they might be going to sleep at 1 o'clock in the morning a lot of screen time so all this coming back to nat- natural habits of the body has to come so this is one of the preparation and then we do a lot of external therapies like oil massage kiri kiri is like you know we we use a bolt poultices like with a cotton cloth we put some herbs and it is with a punch and then we keep punching on the skin mm-hmm. see today the greatest poison is sitting yeah our body is not actually designed to sit we are actually designed to move mm-hmm. and the reason why we have brain many school uh, many science philosophers say the reason why we have brain is so that we have com- control over our muscles so we can run and explore and escape right and when we are not moving our muscles our body is becoming stiff mm-hmm. so when you sit for a long period many parts of our body become stiff that is why people have so much of neck pain back pain right these are necessarily not something that you will see in people who live in forest and that uh, people who are having that primal force so but today our life is such that our physical activity has gone down so much so many of these inflammatory condition and the stiffness in the body has to be broken not broken it has to be uh, made easier so and after that is done once we prepare the body then we have a therapy called as oleation or snehana Okay. So uh, snehana is application of oil internally. Okay. It's like you know, if you have a late night dinner, and if you want to, if you're lazy to wash your plate, what do you do? You pour some water overnight, so that the next morning it's much yes. easier to wash. Yes. 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 So that 
the sticky stuff doesn't, doesn't stick there. Yeah. So when we eat a lot of food today, which is very sticky in nature, see one of the good quality of ama is good ama is very sticky, mm-hmm. and sugar is glue. Sugar is sticky, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, correct. So when you eat a lot of stuff which has sticky nature, it can block your gut, mm-hmm. which we call it as koshta. So right. long run, our ability to digest food is not as people say. You know, I'll want to eat and eat, but I feel tired after eating. Right. Uh, you know, I'm overfed, undernourished. You know, you're eating, but there is no energy. So, but before we clean the gut, we have to make it ready for cleaning, and that mm. is what this oleation therapy is. Mm. And after the oleation, depending on the person, where their toxic level is more, or the mucus level is more, if it is in the upper part, we have a therapy called as nasiyam, mm. where we pour oil, and this is one procedure that can be done every day, but in mm. a lesser dosage. Right, and whatever I'm saying, please never do it at home without any guidance from a doctor. This from is only for your information, yeah, information and uh, knowledge about what is panchakarma. So we have a therapy called as nasim, where we pour salt water or oil, or sometimes we also inhale powder. So mm. what it does is it goes in inside and cleanses the mucus, and we create a reaction. See, when you inhale something you don't like, you yeah. immediately want to right. sneeze it right. out. So this can go and cleanse the whole part, and many people are having migraine, sinusitis, headache, and if they are eating a lot of sugar-based food or milk-based food or heavy food, they create a lot of mucus in their upper part. Right. So uh, nasiyam is a fantastic therapy for that. Uh huh. And uh, in some people, if they are having a history of asthma or bronchitis, too much of respiratory mucus. For me, I had this because I ate a lot of sugar during my teenage days. Right. So uh, every night I used to have puffed up uh, because my nose would get blocked. So panchakarma will help, but not just the panchakarma. After that, you also have to live healthy. So right. in Sitaram, what we do is along with the therapy, we also brainwash them how to live healthy. You know, it goes mm. hand in hand. Right. So this uh, the next therapy is see when you drink something your body doesn't like. One of the ways the body reacts is we throw up. Mm. And if you have a pet dog, and if you the dog is not feeling good, what it does is it goes and eats some grass and it just vomits out. Right. So all the mucus that is blocked there will go out. And what is happening is the nasiyam and vomiting. Why it is so important in Ayurveda? Our body was not designed at a time. It was not designed to walk on two legs. You know, we were four legged. Yes. Yes. So there was a. following down so there was a gravity that was pulling a lot of things downwards right right but today you are standing that is why people are having a lot of nasal issues you know we even have a department called ear nose and throat yes because we are fighting gravity to keep it there mm. so elimination mm. is much less compared to other parts of the body so that is why in ayurveda it is told every day you have to do the nasyam but not mm-hmm. vomiting sorry but nasyam because we can store a lot of toxins there because this is the see if your city is polluted the first part of your body that is going to get affected is your nostril mm. because we are going to mm. inhale that right 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 so and once you inhale when your sense of smell uh, is gone it is going to affect and if you're a smoker you can produce a lot of mucus right some people right. say they can't even smell things so in such situations you have to put something inside the nose to eliminate not something it is a medicated herbal uh, herbal ayurvedic preparation that we right. pour and the other one is vomiting you know we right. make a person drink a, a herbal liquid and then we make this person vomit and this is not something that is done on everyone 
we need to do a proper consultation and to make sure that person is fit to do this right only then we can do this and also the patient should also have the will power to do this and this is right. not done for everyone it is not necessary for everyone but in some people with depression asthma too much of mucus when they get up in the morning they cough and they sneeze or if they are having blocked nose at night migraine attacks and if you ask people with migraine they will say that the moment the migraine attack comes once they vomit they are going to feel relieved mm. and that's the way mm. the body is uh, you know reacting and ayurveda is taking the intelligence of the body and we are just creating a safe environment for the body to does its intelligence right right right, right that right, is right. what we are doing so that is the second step the third step is if you are having bloating after food if you are having acidity or if you are having mm. overweight if you are having skin diseases in such conditions what we do is we give a herbal formulation and after that it will create an therapeutic diarrhea you know you won't mm. sit in the toilet for like half an hour not half an hour half a day also it is not a laxative it is a purgative it is like a strong cleanse that goes on right so what comes out and what you take will be two different things the same with the vomiting what you drink and what comes out will be two different things because all okay. the mucus that the body stored depending on the restaurants that you visited depending on the binge eating habits or the alcohol or smoking whatever even emotional patterns you know some people when they get fearful or yuck feeling you know they vomit that's the way right. the body tries to eliminate it right and the same with the purgation some people when they get uh, stressed they have this diarrhea or fear they have this diarrhea so the same way if your body is holding on to some toxins one of the ways to eliminate is we induce a therapeutic diarrhea mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it has to be done in a scientific way we have to understand the energy levels of the patient and what is their costa uh, analysis like uh, can that person need if, if they have a chronic constipation then the dosage is more if they are having a medium bowel movements then the dosage is less so this has to be done with a doctor's monitoring and observation so that is the third therapy the fourth therapy according to ayurveda is considered as the king of all therapies it is the enema or we call it vasti okay why vasti is called as the king of all therapies in in sanskrit we also call it as ardha chikitsa the word ardha means 50% of all treatment right. is done just by that treatment right right and it also has a name called as niruha chikitsa niruha means you cannot use your logic to imagine the power of this treatment it is that powerful wow and why it is said if you take any medication to clean your gut mm-hmm. through your mouth you cannot clean your large intestine because this medicine reaches the large intestine the liver will go and stop it oh because liver okay. cannot let any because what you are actually putting is something that is not so easy for the body so the liver will try to stop all the activities of that oh so okay. the only way you can clean the large intestine is you need to take the other route which is oh, what wow. we call as enema and the ayurvedic enema is completely different from the traditional other enemas that you see in other parts you know they use water enema they use chlorophyll enema there are many other enemas in ayurveda enema always needs to have a oil medium because your gut has a oil base mm-hmm. so uh, ayurveda uses a lot of oil based enema preparations so people with arthritis people with brain fog they are not able to think or they are having chronic constipation or even many cases where people are coming with fertility pcos menstrual cycle menopause issues in such situations we use uh, we use i mean it's not just restricted to enema it's a combination of many therapies but enema plays a big role 
but there is also a group of people where we should not perform enema if they have extremely low blood pressure or they have any hemorrhoids or bleeding piles so that is why i said never try to do this by yourself at home mm-hmm. it's just like watching you know during my childhood we used to watch something called as world wrestling federation yes said, yes wwf <laughs> exactly don't do this at home please don't do it at home uh, i'm not saying it is that thing it is just that a doctor has to be there so that he can make you go through this process much easier right so that right. is about the enema <laughs> the fifth therapy is called as you know we see we clean the whole gut you right. know, we clean the upper part right whatever food we are eating the next moment it is becoming your blood mm-hmm. and the quality of our blood is the quality of our health right and if you take the dadus after rasa it becomes rakta which is our blood right so we clean see when the water is not good what do we do we go and clean up the tank you know, right home. so once the tank is clean the water is healthy Correct. but still Correct. some unhealthy water could be there you know the water is not there so that is why we spoke about we speak about rakta mokshana which is bloodletting mm-hmm. okay in many countries bloodletting is banned it's because in some countries you know the in their cultural uh, or folklore therapies they did bloodletting for anything and everything Mm-hmm. but there is a science behind when to use bloodletting in in fact uh, george washington the story goes that he died of bloodletting mm-hmm. because uh, okay in some countries when they had headache they would do a bloodletting mm-hmm. so that is not the right way in ayurveda there is a scientific approach who to do bloodletting whom not to do bloodletting so if you are having high levels of uric acid gout arthritis high blood pressure in such conditions doing a bloodletting which is about 200 ml or up to 300 ml in some cases more than that see according to world health organization if you are healthy if you are not in your menstrual cycle and if you are not a woman and not in your menstrual cycle if you are not anemic if you don't have low blood pressure you can donate up to 500 ml or 450 ml to 500 ml every 3 months mm-hmm. so what we do is when we eliminate little bit of impure blood the body produces fresh blood correct and it has to be done again with a monitoring and scientific level so these are the five therapies this is just the five therapies we don't do all the five therapies in some people we just limit it to two or three therapies right 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 and depending on the number of days that they are staying it all falls into that category okay, okay. so there are therapies like abhyangam shirodhara uh, we do a lot of therapies like kiri all of this fall into that category okay fantastic okay. So it's an amazing explanation on the five uh, different rituals so you spoke about nasya vamana virechana which is the purgation yes we spoke about vasti yes. enema and we also last one is the ratta mokshana exactly bloodletting now for a person who has no idea about ayurveda or panchakarma it may appear to be a little you know overwhelming right okay you have to go mm-hmm. through all this you know you spoke about uh, the snehana and uh, various other and and also the uh, the diarrhea that uh, somebody has to go through to let uh, the toxins out now how can a vaidya make it uh, easy for an average person without having to go through this feeling of getting bogged down see that's the duty of a vaidya see uh, what a vaidya does is he has to educate and train the mindset of the patient first Mm-hmm. Yeah, see people don't simply climb mount everest because they like that challenge and they want to have the sense that right. i did something but otherwise why would they want to 
go and climb such a huge mountain. But there is a sense of achievement. On, on the other hand, when people are falling sick, their health is not good. If they take one challenge for a few days, if mm -hmm. that is going to give them a benefit that, you know, their whole energy level is getting better. Imagine what a change it will happen. See, right. If, if your energy is not good, it will, it's going to affect your work life. It is going to affect your marital life. It is going to affect your relationship. Right. It is going to affect everything in your life because right, right. there is only one home in your life. That is your body. Right. So first thing they have to understand, being healthy is an effort. Mm-hmm. But it's a much better effort than being sick. Fantastic. Fantastic. See, and we have to understand and see what the best example. See, we have a beautiful garden in our place and you will see the gardeners every day. It is not that they come and clean the garden once and go back and come once. A, it is an everyday ritual. Right, right. And that is what makes that garden so beautiful. And the same is with our body. But when we don't take care of the garden for a long time, we need an overall cleanse. Right. And that is what we do. So we have to educate them and understand this is what you'll be going through during this process. And are you ready for that? Mm -hmm. And it is not, a, and when you, when the patient is cooperative and when the patient is able to understand what the Vaidya is saying, when they are in good wavelength, this is a very smooth process. Okay. okay. It's just that we have to debunk. So the moment you hear, oh my God, all of this process is there, then it becomes a bit, uh, right. oh my God, I don't want to vomit. Uh, right, and, right. Not like that. It's very, see, our body is such a beautiful uh, creation of nature. And we, uh, you know, look at every part of the body, just like the way you clean your body or take shower. The same is with our enemas. You know, the body is unique and spiritual and sacred. Right. That's the approach we give to the body. Right. right. So, uh, and another thing is, many of the people who are coming today are having diseases because of this stress. Hmm. Yes. And stress, many of the people need not undergo panchakarma. It is just, you know, just like, let's say you are overweight. And if you go to the gym, let's say I want to do a workout. Immediately, he's not going to make you do push-ups and pull-ups and do all the bench right, right, right. For the first two months, he might do what a regular uh, fitness person does as a warm-up would be the main exercise of a person who's coming in the beginning. Correct. Intensity. Yeah. Same way. Same way, in Ayurveda, we have two types of therapies. It is called as Shamana and Shodhana. Mm -hmm. Shamana means, you know, relaxing, you know, eating healthy. Or it can also be uh, spending time in nature, getting mm -hmm. exposed to the sunset or getting exposed to good sun, getting mm -hmm. exposed to wind or doing good exercise. All of these are Shamana. It is like easy that you're fasting is a great way of Shamana. It's, a much, it's not so intensive. Right. Shodhana is a very intensive therapy. All the five procedures that I mentioned in Panchakarma are Shodhana. Right. It is like intensive. Right. And there is Samana. So it is a blend of Samana and Shodhana. In many people that I see, if they are coming with too much of stress, just mental stress, our treatments will be limited to Samana, where we do them good massage, good steam, good Shirodhara, healthy food, lot of medications. Maybe if the patient is ready, we might do one or two therapies of Panchakarma. Mm -hmm. But if mm -hmm. the patient is coming, not because of stress, you know, I'm quite not stressed. I'm quite happy in my life, but I eat a lot and my lifestyle is quite unhealthy, but I'm not so stressed. In that person, we have to, maybe he also has a good willpower. We have to undergo the intensive panchakarma. Fantastic. So eh, there is no such thing that there is a universal formula. This is how panchakarma is done. 
the same person who is coming last year when he is coming back this year the treatment will be different because the problems that he went through will be different so every yes. time it will be different and that is why that is the beauty of ayurveda because every time it is customized according to that point of time right 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 good uh, very very nice doctor what i heard you say is that i i keep telling this to my i also coach people so i keep telling people treat your body like a temple that's the only place that you got to live exactly <laughs> you said that very well so i have just to, uh, just to check you do i need to put on light because uh i think it... it's fine i think uh, we have another 10 10 more minutes i think we should be done i think it's, it's okay. perfectly fine so um we have 10 more minutes and i have a couple of questions and um, yes, please you can ask uh, i have one question from the audience we'll take that mm -hmm. question and then i'll continue with my questions sure, sure. somebody is asking so some uh, we eat with the hands and we also eat with the fork and the spoon Mm -hmm. what difference does it make between the two eating with hands mm -hmm. and eating with fork see uh, our sense are interconnected mm -hmm. see uh, if you ask a little uh, just like when we eat you know smell is so important for us right right because if you don't Aroma, get the smell yes. Aroma is important. When see the first thing that will happen when our appetite goes down is our sense of smell will also go down. Right. But when you when you touch something, there is also a nervous symptom that is nervous reaction that is happening. Mm -hmm. See, when you eat with your hands, there is a there is a lot of energy also that is being transmitted. See, the beauty of Ayurveda is we do a lot of healing with our hands. Mm -hmm. And when you take food with your hands, you see this hands came before fork. Yes. And, yes uh, and and we were not designed by nature that okay we are going to design him that he should use fork and knife you know that's a western uh, culture and they created a lot of other uh, ways of uh, enlightenment times which is not actually nothing to do with natural way of doing it so when you touch with the food when you feel the food there is also a difference just like the pavlov's dog theory you know the, the, the bell is ringing Yes, 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 yes. The dog dogs run in the air for the food. The saliva yes. starts coming because our, yeah. uh, our, uh, you know, brain is so much into association. Stool. Yes. So when you touch something and eat, there is a huge difference, mm -hmm. and that food is much more. It is already going through another uh, screening process. If it is mm -hmm. too hot, what is the temperature of that? So mm -hmm. definitely, touching and eating is far more in connection with nature and to your soul than eating with a fork and Mm hmm. Okay. So um, this question I have, doctor. Yes. Um, you kind of um, answered, but I just want uh, a little bit more details on that. Can panchakarma be done at home? Ah. See. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Did you finish your question or? Yeah. Will that be still as effective as doing it in a retreat? See, nowadays, you know, I see people do yoga at home or even exercise at home. there is a difference when you go to a gym and doing it and there is a difference right. when you do at right. home the difference is if you don't have a possibility of going to a retreat and doing it the next best option is doing it at home so i'm not saying you will have the same benefit like doing it in a retreat that is never possible but doing it at home is definitely something that you must do to protect your health mm -hmm. like the environment plays a huge role see many of the uh, there is a research that i read our decision capacity is limited per day 
so in in an israeli court it was said that when a person when a judge is sitting to give parole you know prisoners when they are coming for parole mm. so what did the research was the judge used to sit till evening and the first 3 hours 80% of the prisoners who went to him got the parole sanction mm-hmm. the last hours only 20% got sanction because his ability to decide is going down as the time goes off yeah so our ability to decide is going down and there is another uh, rule when uh, you are uh, the, a group uh, study was done two groups were made to watch two different documentaries mm-hmm. one documentary was you know you have to put a lot of attention to understand and decode the documentary it is like a scientific understanding you have to keep or uh, sitting on your edge to understand what the other person is saying and only yeah. then you can make out what that person is actually right. saying and the other group they could sit and watch it like in casual it's like you know how sports cars are made and how they yeah. are fantastic so you could just watch it you don't have to have a lot of knowledge no, no, you can just watch it aramse and after both of them watched this documentary they gave both the groups an option to eat what they want the first group was i mean uh, the, the two options to eat was one was a healthy fruit salad the other was a unhealthy sugar filled cake mm-hmm. so what they found out people who watched the ec documentary chose the fruit yeah. salad right and people who watched that was so mind draining or brain draining right. or mentally draining they chose the cake which had high sugar and which is not unhealthy right so what we are trying to understand is when we are sitting at home there are lots of distractions you know i have to do this i have to do the laundry i have to pay the bill somebody is going to come there a lot of distractions will come okay what about the kids what about the life mm. what about the Uh, work and somebody is going to call me so once you are bombarded with all of this information and your ability to focus in your body is much less mm-hmm. and see stress is very good for our body provided we are allowing the body to have a good recovery right and right. we have to understand most of the stress that we are having is see our brain is designed for survival not to keep us happy right so when we say our brain is designed for survival what we are saying is Uh, imagine you know the moment you see something moving we think okay maybe that is lunch for me you know mm-hmm. that was how we were designed right but at the same time when something is moving we also have to be alert because you could also be the lunch right right so you have to if you see you could be a lunch you have to run and escape so right. the moment there's a the the flight or fight you know uh, hormones are released which we call it as cortisol mm-hmm. the moment this cortisol is released we run and escape right and when this hor- hormone is released all our big muscle groups are empowered so that we can mm-hmm. run and escape right but after you run and escape the body has to undergo a recovery period so all the cortisol that is released to the muscle has to deplete right and then right. you can recover the same way the body was releasing with that when you see a wild animal chasing you today we are releasing the same hormone when we get stuck in traffic Wow. when you are not able to finish things in deadline when coronavirus news is being released when amitabh bachchan is positive with that all of these things you know it is creating a lot of uh, fear inside us right what is happening with the recession the same right. way we are releasing cortisol right so that is why when you ask me the question should we do panchakarma for all of this so if the person is coming with a lot of stress we necessarily do not do the intensive panchakarma we do put him through a recovery period Got it. And Ayurveda has the most powerful recovery therapies than any other science. Mm-hmm. This oil massage, shirodhara, the steam, 
and eating healthy and you are completely devoid of any you are we are putting that person in a flight mode right and connecting with nature you are uh, you are putting on the circadian rhythm and then right. along with that when you do the panchakarma the result is there so when you do this at home you will have to put a lot of effort to create that environment but when you come to a place like a retreat that is already set so you are putting that time to completely rejuvenate yourself so that is the difference that i say but i also prescribe today you know uh, there are some therapies like purgation you can do it at home oh, the big enemas like kashaya vasti i don't recommend don't never do that at home but oil enemas that can be done at home therapies like nasyam that can be done at home right self oil massage that can be done at home some therapies right. are can be done at home right so doctor i have one question from my side yes, and please. looks like the audience also has a few questions i'll ask my yes, question first yes please yes. yeah so do you have time so can we have yes, we have time questions? we have time yes okay, fantastic so can asthma be healed with panchakarma and herbal medicine this is the question coming from an audience what what is the question again can you repeat that can asthma be healed with panchakarma and herbal medicines asthma See, the well, first thing i have to answer this there are no incurable diseases there are only incurable patients or incurable people right see asthma is a trained disease trained disease means usually i'll tell you how it happens it could start with you know according to ayurveda a childhood is a child is more prone to diseases of kapha kapha mm-hmm. means you know upper respiratory tract issues water retention and asthma is what there there is wheezing their ability to breathe is blocked there is bronchitis right. lot of and they have to use the inhaler then once they are told you are having asthma because the western medicine all they have is a steroid mm-hmm. they say that now you have to live with this for the rest of your life and you have to live with that inhaler mm. see western doctor is only talking what they are taught in their medical system right and the biggest problem that i have with western doctor is even though i have so many good great friends western doc i mean western right. allopathic doctors their biggest problem is when they read in their textbook a disease is incurable mm-hmm. they go and tell that disease is incurable mm. see instead of the, when they say it is incurable what they are saying is a half truth and half lie instead of saying it is incurable if they said we are yet to find a cure for that it makes right. a huge difference absolutely yes there is a huge difference between calling a disease incurable and saying we are yet to find a cure for yeah, that yeah 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 right so in ayurveda i have treated if the patient is not so much independent with the steroids if it is in the beginning case or it could be with bronchitis it could be with allergies and if that patient is willing to change the diet if that patient is mentally strong if the patient is willing to put that change in their habits and the lifestyle this is something that can be step by step to a great extent it can be gone okay thank you doctor so one more question from the audience uh, is panchakarma treatment decided based on nadi pariksha or lifestyle there is no such thing as everything is decided by nadi pariksha to see to a great extent nadi gives a lot of understanding of what is happening in a person's body it's like a, mm-hmm. see before stethoscope came before the blood pressure apparatus came Monica before x-rays came we were you know like the ancient polynesians they were able to draw the pacific ocean map just by right. looking at how the wind was moving how the right. clouds were how As- the waves were so we were having an intuition on understanding what is the pulse right right so the pulse see when when you want to see if that person is sick or dead you know one of the things when we go and check check his pulse is right. the right. life is still there 
right so nadi is like a channel through which we can enter a person's energy field right so it gives an understanding of what is happening it is not that panchakarma we decide with nadi pariksha nadi pariksha is a great insight to mm-hmm. a person's energy field so okay. and we have many other parikshas that we decide the lifestyle okay. has to be taken into consideration we have to check that time we have to ask many other questions see nayarveda is told darsana sparsana prashnahi darsana mm-hmm. see that patient prashna ask that patient lot of questions and sparsana touch that patient and understand what are the things these three uh, are the foundations of an ayurvedic diagnostic fantastic so see ask can touch yes. okay thank you one last question and with that we are done doctor i personally have heard that yes. panchakarma should not be done near the beach okay what's your take on it is it true would you please clarify see there is a reason why people come with that propaganda first of all mm-hmm. we have to ask see who is saying that mm-hmm. uh but first before i go into that propaganda first let me say see i did panchakarma first in a non beach place Mm-hmm. and still there is not there is yet a good place where you can do proper panchakarma in a beach most of the places that you see in a beach it's mostly of you know uh, a revival kind of a good massage good shirodhara the intensity of what you get in a doctor and clinic is still missing okay we do it in our sitaram beach street but that is missing but mm-hmm. the point that i want to make it clear is in ayurvedic textbooks it is said nowhere it is mentioned you should never do panchakarma near a beach or a hill or any other place Mm-hmm. but right. it is mentioned never do panchakarma or especially it is told at the time of doing ghee therapy or sneha pana because our body is weak never expose yourself to heavy wind mm-hmm. extreme heat extreme okay. cold oh okay that's all it is mentioned and extreme wind okay and these four things you don't want to expose no matter what even if you are right. healthy you don't want to expose to these things right 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 but uh, and so what people say is if you are near the beach maybe you could be exposed to heavy wind and that is true you know when you are near the beach some days uh, especially during the monsoon time the the breeze can be heavy but right. we have the see when we do the intensive panchakarma we educate the patient you have to stay in your room and right. only access is to the treatment room right. and we do the uh, important protections and what we are saying is just because of this one issue if you say you cannot do it near the beach it's like saying somebody died of a car accident so nobody should drive in the world <laughs> you know and right. usually this propaganda comes from a person who is running a property which is not near the beach because many patients wants to go near the beach because we right. love nature right See, right right nobody right. puts a front page ad and says that go and watch the sunset near the beach something is drawing us there Yes. and in my experience see i have done it in both the places and i have seen patients doing panchakarma in a non beach place and in a beach right. place right right when they do it in a place where there is beach or there there is nature their revival and recovery of the nervous system is just phenomenal they are completely different person wow and wow. and usually what i see is people go to and do panchakarma in a room where there is air condition and a television and when you keep watching that television most of the stress people are having is because of the smartphone and the screen time right and we don't provide screen we don't provide uh, uh, access to television all they have is just the nature you know right. and they have to eat on time and after 8 o'clock there is not much entertainment they have to go back to sleep because right. connecting with the nature's rule is the foundation of a good panchakarma so in my opinion 
see we restrict people and if you come to this place like i want to go to a beach holiday then it is a different case right but when you come with the intention i want to do good panchakarma at the same time i want to have the benefit of a good nature then it's a profound healing that goes to uh, to a person and usually in a non beach location because people this is just lazy marketing propaganda that you know uh, you should not do it in near the beach it's lazy marketing because it's much easier to pull out that propaganda so they say that no and prove it to me from a textbook where they say that you should not do it in a beach okay okay thank you doctor thank you very much for your time we exceeded time by about 6 minutes um two takeaways uh, i think personally for me and also i believe the people who are watching this webinar treat your body like a temple that's the only place that you got to live if you're servicing your car every 3 months and 6 months you got to service your body at least six months in six months thank you so much it was a pleasure thank having you, you thank here you. thank you thank so you much for, thank you all the listeners wish you all the best yeah